Well, we've been asking ourselves the question, how do we adjust the volume in our lives so that we can hear God when life gets loud? And I've been saying that one of the cries of all of humanity is wanting to be able to hear the voice of God. And that's what we're looking at this month. How do we learn how to hear the voice of God? We started a couple weeks ago. We talked about the primary way in which God speaks to us. And that's through this book, the Bible. God has chosen to speak to us primarily through this book. So we talked about if we're not reading this book, then most likely God might not speak to you. Because this is where he primarily chooses to speak. But we talked about how we have to approach this book not as the master of the text, but we have to let it master us to have that right attitude. You know, as I tell my children all the time, attitude is everything. And it's the same way when we approach God. Attitude is everything. So we approach the Bible with the understanding that this is a lifeless book if it is not empowered by the Word, the Spirit of God, as we read. And so we approach it with that sense of humility and understanding that God is speaking if we will listen. So we have to make the habit of reading. You know, when we start this series and we started talking about hearing God, you know, if you're like me, I, I, wanna, I want that nugget of information that I'd never learned before, that trick or that tip. But all of these things are just basic. They're simple things, but they take practice. They take work. We actually have to open this up and learn how to read, how to read his word. And we need help at times to do that. But that was the first thing we talked about. If we're really going to hear God, we have to learn to read this book. And then last week we talked about the second aspect of hearing God's voice. And that was that idea of prayer. That we need to learn how to pray. And, you know, one of the favorite things for me is on Sunday morning when we have children's time and I hear a child pray. Isn't that fun? Isn't it great? And don't you smile when you hear it? That's the way that the Father is with us. He smiles. It doesn't matter if it's proper English. It doesn't matter if it completely makes sense. Right? This, it's communication. It's that love. And you can see it in the children when they pray, that, that love and that passion. Again, it's attitude as we approach God. And so we have to be a people that learn to take the time to pray. And we talked about a second aspect of prayer that we often forget about. That's the listening part, right? We all like to speak and get our thoughts out, but sometimes we don't want to listen for the answer from God. But one of the things we talked about was we meditated on Psalm 77 and on meditating on God's word. And, and we said, you know, one of the things about prayer is you can say your own prayer, a simple prayer, you can read a prayer. It, it doesn't matter. But again, it, it, you have to approach with humility and with that sense of expectation that God is going to speak to us, that he wants us to understand and to hear his voice, but it takes practice and work. And in meditation, a lot of times what we can do is when we approach God, is we can ask questions. God, why? God, how am I supposed to do this? 
and then just be silent. And see if God doesn't place something in your mind that can guide you and help you. Now, he doesn't do it all the time. But I'll tell you what, last Sunday, as we were meditating up here, (laughs) I was reminded again, this happens often to us pastors. Rick, the sermon you're preaching is for you, not really for them. It's for you. And I was reminded again, oh yeah, God, if I want to hear your voice, I need to take time to listen. It was a good reminder for me as well. And then this morning, this third aspect of of adjusting the volume is is this idea of getting guidance and wise counsel and accountability. This idea that we have to be in relationship as a body of Christ. This morning I taught the confirmation kids and we were talking about what it means to be a member of the church. And I asked the question, what is the church? And the first answer was a place where we learn about God. I said, that's a good that's a good description, but, but it's wrong in its premise. The church is not a place. The church is a people. You are the church. And if we are not in relationship, then we will have a hard time hearing from God. Because I'll tell you what, many times in my life, it is because of godly counsel and guidance that I have heard the voice of God. It's not me going out on my own and hearing from God. But sometimes the voice of God sounds like your mom. Sometimes it sounds like your spouse. Sometimes it sounds like your best friend. And it's true. But we have to be in relationship. We all need guidance so that we can learn to hear the voice of God clear. And the Apostle Paul here in Galatians chapter 6 is talking about this idea of needing each other and helping one another and correcting one another when we get off track. Because all of us get off track. All of us get busy at times and we don't hear the voice of God because we're so distracted. And sometimes we need a good friend to come up beside us, knock us up the side of the head and say, hey, you're not paying attention. You need to listen to what I have to tell you because you're on the wrong road. Sometimes the best way to hear the voice of God is through a close, connected brother or sister in Christ. I brought my stool with me this morning. Number one, because I didn't know if I could make it through the morning. But number two, because it's my grandpa's stool. I got it from him when we had to sell the farm, which was a terrible thing. Uh, This is one of the things that I wanted from my grandpa. His stool, you can see it's pretty well beat up, metal, and got a lot of paint on it. But it it was in his shop, which was behind the house. Huge shop, and and my grandpa was a farmer, uh, but he was also, he could weld. He could just do about anything with his hands, and he was a, a pretty good carpenter as well. And growing up in on the farm and going out on my grandpa's house, I remember the many days that we would be out in the shop doing projects. And he would teach me about how to do woodworking and how to sand and how to cut wood. And and I remember my grandpa would sit on the stool, right? And he would be telling us how to do it, be teaching us how to do it. Now, here's the other thing. My grandma always had projects for grandpa, right? Keep him out of trouble. All kinds of woodworking projects. And when she had a project 
that he was supposed to do, he'd just go do it. But if any of the grandkids were around and she had a project or we wanted to do something or learn something, he'd make us do it, right? Like a good teacher. And he would guide us and he'd tell us how to, to use uh, the chop saw and the, the band saw and all these things. And he'd, he'd warn us too, you get your hand too close to there, you're going to lose a finger, right? And he would guide us. And he, when we were doing stupid, he'd yell at us, right? Because he didn't want us to lose a finger, Exactly. You got to be careful. And, and he would teach us how to cut wood and, and he would teach us how to, to glue it and to do the screws and all those things. And, and those are some glorious memories that I have growing up as he was guiding me how to use these tools and how to be a semi-decent carpenter. I'm not anymore. Why? Because I haven't kept up the practice. I'm terrible, in fact, but I at least know what I should not do. Uh, but I remember as, as I grew up, and he was such a great teacher in that regard. And he guided me and he gave me wise counsel when it came to doing woodwork. And if we cut something wrong, go get another piece of wood. Let's try it again. We can do it again. It's not the end of the world. Or if something was too hard, sometimes he'd have to do it for me because I could not literally do it on my own. But he would show me and he'd keep that guidance that's what we are called to do. If we want to hear the voice of God, we have to learn to both give guidance and receive guidance. We have to learn how to be in true relationship with one another. We can't do this thing called life on our own. And this spiritual walk with God is a both and. We have parts that we do on our own and we have parts that we do as a body of Christ. So as we look at Galatians chapter six, if you have your Bible, I encourage you to pull it out. If you don't have your Bible, why don't you have your Bible? We're in church. Come on, people, unless you're a guest. Galatians six. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. I love that verse. Such a great verse. How often, though, as pastors, this is what I get. Pastor Rick, you don't know this person, but would you go talk to them about whatever is going on in their life that they're struggling with? Don't you know that person? Aren't you called by God? Well, I, I'm not equipped. See, because so often we think, well, that's the job of Pastor Rick. Or that's the job of Charlie or Kim or Roman. But this says, my friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit. Have you received the Spirit? I hope so. You who have received the Spirit should restore such a one. But I love that. In a spirit of gentleness. It's all an attitude, right? It's how we approach one another with an attitude of humility and not pride. It's interesting. When it comes to carpentry or other things like that, so often we're, if we don't know, we'll go to someone we trust and get advice and guidance and help. But I see so many followers of Christ 
who won't do that with their spiritual life. They think, oh, I just got to figure this out on my own. And they don't take the time to be in true relationship with others so that they can learn from one another and they can spur each other on. It's important, just as important to be in that relationship. So who's going to be better, I think, is if you are in relationship, that's when you truly hear the voice of God. And there's nothing better. I think God speaks more often than not when we have been called to go to a brother or sister and give guidance. But we have to do it with a proper attitude, right? There's nothing more humbling than the realization, oh, that's going to be my job. I need to go to them and guide them if they're in sin. I need to go to them and, oh God, I need your help. But too often, we don't take that step. Why? Because we have, we have pride. And, and we say to ourselves, we look at someone and they're doing something stupid. And we're like, I can't believe how stupid they are. They're just dumb. And we, and we think, they should know better. And as long as they're over there and not affecting me, then I'm just going to ignore them. That's not love. That's not community. That's actually hate. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't bother me. And do stupid on your own. But as a community, as a a God... Thank you, Ed. As a church, we are called to give guidance to one another, to give wise counsel. And when we do that, more often than not, that's when God chooses to speak to us. But we have to do it with the right attitude. Imagine, there's two ways we can approach this. Imagine if you were uh, here in the sanctuary and the lights went out. And it was night and it's pitch dark. We're not going to do that. But you're in here and the lights are out. And I'm up here and I say, hey, does anyone know where the light switch is? Would you go turn the lights on? There's two ways that you can think about that. One, you could say to yourself, what? He's the pastor of the church. He should know where the light switch is. I can't believe he doesn't know where the light switch is. Well, I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to tell him where the light switch is. And I'm not going to do anything about it. The problem with that approach is, Not only am I in the dark, all of you are in the dark as well, right? I need to find the light. Second approach is you can say, you know what? I know where the light switch is. I'll help guide him to the light. And if I then know where the source of the light is, not only am I enlightened, but all of you are enlightened as well. That's that sense of humility, not pride. That's that sense of gentleness. But this is a hard thing, but this is an important thing because one of the things I learned early on in ministry as being a pastor is trying to discern the voice of God is that I need other smart spiritual people around me guiding me because sometimes I am not smart and I am not spiritual. And sometimes I have a hard time listening because I allow myself to get so busy and I don't take the time to pray 
and I haven't taken the time to read his word. And then all of a sudden I say, God, speak. And he's like, you won't listen. So I need others, godly men and women around me who are taking that time to pray and listen when I am weak so that they can guide me and say, hey, I think you're off base there. I think you're missing something. And so it goes on here in Galatians 6. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens. In this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. But here's the fascinating thing. That's verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Actually, Paul tells us in chapter 5. Love one another as you want to be loved. That's the law. But then in verse 5, it says, For all must carry their own loads. So which is it? Bear one another's burdens or carry your own loads. It's actually both. Now, they may seem like a contradiction until we kind of dig a little deeper into this. The first in verse 2, when it says, Bear one another's burdens, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote Galatians, the, the Greek word there for burden means a crushing load. A crushing load. And in verse 5 when it says, for all must carry their own loads, it's more of the idea of like a soldier's backpack. So if you think about the military, they give everything they need and they pack it in that backpack and you have everything you need for your job. It's in your pack. It's the same with us. We have been given everything we need to do this thing called life. But we also need to help each other when there's those times of crushing burden that we can't do on our own. Excuse me. Let me give you an example. This week as I was uh, scrolling through Facebook, I was reading about a post of a, a Christian, a brother who is facing the terrible thing that many of you have faced before and is watching a loved one die. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing to go through and how difficult that is. And They're in the room, in the hospital room, and the spouse is in extreme pain and moaning. And they're having to sit there and experience it. And in the moment, he gets a text and he goes away from the moment because he can't hardly stand it anymore just to read the text just so he can be out of the moment. And, and it's a friend of his It texted him, keep the faith. It's a close friend. And he texts back, I've given up on prayer. I can't do it. I've given up. <laughs> and I love the way his friend replies. I'll pray for you. The crushing burden. I can't pray anymore. I'll pray for you. That's what it means. I love that example. Such a, a great image of who we are as the body of Christ. Here's the cool thing about that. Is that that man who's experiencing this said, I go back to that text about 30 times a day because it brings me comfort. And in fact, I've memorized it, but I still go back to it. 
He's hearing the voice of God through his friend. How cool is that? That's that learning to hear the voice of God requires us to be in relationship with one another so that when we face the crushing loads of life or when we face the crushing load of our sin, because sometimes it's self-inflicted, we do stupid, sometimes we do stupid well, and that's where we as brothers and sisters are called to carry that burden with them in that sin, in that guilt. We will walk with that. But we do not carry their load. They also have a responsibility. The church can't do the work of hearing the voice of God for you. You have to read the Bible. You have to pray. You have to walk in relationship. You have to do the hard work. You've been given everything you need in that pack. But when life gets difficult, when it's beyond you, here's the other lie that we hear often. God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. It's kind of a prideful thing even, but it's a lie. God, life will often give you more than you can handle. That's why we need each other. When you can't pray, you need someone else to pray for you. When you can't deal with it anymore, you need God and you need others to walk with you through that. I'm here to tell you, life will give you more than you can handle at times. But when we learn to give wise counsel and guidance and walk in that spirit and receive it is when we can learn to hear the voice of God. There's, <laughs> this is not easy, but there's nothing like one of my brothers, Roman and Charlie and Mikey primarily, when they call me out, say, Rick, you're an idiot. That's the stupidest thing you've ever said. And you know better. You're right. I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. I couldn't see it. My wife does it to me as well. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't see it because I'm so busy. I've, I've forgotten to listen. We need that, don't we? We need that. If we're going to be able to hear the voice of God, we need that. So it's the duality. It's the both and. This is what Paul is talking about. If we're going to hear the voice of God, we carry one another's burdens but we also have the responsibility of our spiritual life. We have been given everything we need. It's the same with the story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story, don't you? Jesus is telling the parable and you know someone has been beat up on the road and all the people pass by and the Samaritan comes and helps him in that moment. What does the Samaritan do? He bandages up his wounds. He puts him in a hotel and he, and he keeps him for, and he says, I'll take care of this for about a week. So he's helping him when he had this crushing burden. It was about two days worth of salary. Does he take care of him the rest of his life? No, that's not your call. He's got his own responsibility. But during that time, that moment, to get him through, that's where we are called as well. That is our calling. And you might think, how does that really tie into hearing God? It is in those moments when God speaks volumes. But if we have too much pride, 
or we don't put ourselves in close relationships with other Christians, we won't hear God because we're so distracted. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. This is how we learn how to hear God. It's to place ourselves under and with people we trust who are wise spiritually that can give us accountability and hold us up when we struggle. So often, it's, it's funny. In our group, I have a group and I have several groups where one of us is saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the weak link. And it's like, brother, today you are. But in a month, it might be me. We need each other. But we also have that responsibility. Let us pray.